1948, the NWA was founded in Waterloo, Iowa. Pinky George and a few wrestling promoters decided that they would emulate the National Wrestling Association by creating their own NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. They, again, they would recognize one singular champion all across the country. As this would turn out, they would recognize more champions as a singularity, like the World Junior Heavyweight Champion, or later the Women's World Champion. But for the longest time, the NWA didn't have any continuity when it came to its titles, because in Los Angeles, you could have a World Tag Team Champions, just like you could in Georgia or San Francisco or North Carolina. It didn't really hold any consistency when it came to recognizing title belts. I mean, there was several television champions throughout the NWA. So when, when did this national title become recognized globally by the NWA? Well, that didn't happen until 1997. We'll get to that in just a minute. But the National Wrestling Alliance and its National Heavyweight Championship has this kind of bizarre history, right? Because, you know, People will say that, you know, Austin Idol was the first NWA national champion. And and okay, okay, so he's your first national champion. But shortly after that, then you got names like Jack Briscoe and the Masked Superstar, the Mongolian Stomper, Tommy Rich. And the title was, really the title was a recognized championship from Georgia Championship Wrestling. Which, you know, again, plays a big part in the state of Georgia. Tommy Rich, Paul Orndorff, Buzz Sawyer, uh, you know, the the names continue. Larry Zabisco, Mr. Wrestling, Brad Armstrong, Ted DiBiase, you know, Ronnie Garvin, Black Bart, Terry Taylor, Buddy Landell, Dusty Rhodes, Tolly Blanchard, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, Nikita Koloff. I mean, these champions existed from 1980 to 1986 as the title was again initially part of Georgia Championship Wrestling but was folded into the um, the buyout if you will from Jim Crockett Promotions it became a title recognized by again Jim Crockett Promotions until the belt was retired sometime around 1986 this is the Alliance blog podcast my name is Jay Cal and what we do every week is we talk NWA and we talk about what's what's going on we're always here to give you news and information. And with the NWA National Championship recently changing hands on power, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the NWA and its history with this national championship. And we're going to get to all of that right after this. The NWA National Championship has its history forged in the past. Now, a lot of people say that this title connects directly to the title from 1980 that uh, Austin Idol initially wore for Georgia Championship Wrestling. Now, that could be true because, again, the winners of the wars get to write the history, right? Billy Corgan is the president of the NWA, and he believes that that title lineage connects directly back to Austin Idol. I don't know if I believe that or if I agree with that, but we do know that Lightning won the the 
present company, parent company of the National Wrestling Alliance, introduced this national championship on October 21st, 2018 at the NWA 70th anniversary show. That's the show where Nick Aldis regained the 10 pounds of gold by defeating Cody Rhodes in a two out of three falls match in Nashville, Tennessee. But that's also the same night that Willie Mack defeated Jay Bradley, Paro. You guys know who Paro is, right? And also a young cat by the name of Ricky Starks to become the qualifier for the NWA national title, who then went on to defeat Sam Shaw. You guys know him in the WWE as Dexter Lemus to become the NWA national champion. Now, what was supposed to happen is that Willie Mack was going to defend that title in every state in the United States. He had defended the title in California. He had defended the title in Nevada. He had worked with Ring of Honor. He had worked with Aro Lucha. He had worked with uh, House of Hardcore. He worked championship wrestling from Hollywood, championship wrestling from Arizona. He was going to take this title everywhere. Unfortunately, that wasn't in the plans. And shortly after losing the title to Colt Boom Boom Cabana at the 2019 Crockett Cup, Willie Mack was gone from the NWA in its entirety. Willie Mack goes on to to sign with Impact Wrestling and not before long became their X-Division champion. And the national champion, Colt Boom Boom Cabana, began having a series of matches with James Storm, former NWA World Tag Team Champion, and the two battled in and out of Ring of Honor. An injured Colt Cabana would end up losing the title to James Storm, who would premiere on NWA Power as the national champion and the number one contender to Nick Aldis and the 10 pounds of gold. Now, it was a, a, a peculiar set of circumstances that took the belt off of, of uh, James Storm. What would basically happen is he had a match that if he won, he would get to challenge Aldis at the next pay-per-view. Had he lost, then he wouldn't get the challenge for the title, and Colt Cabana ended up winning that match, winning the title, and we expected James Storm to be out of the title picture entirety entirely however that wasn't the case james storm ended up getting another title shot at nick aldis while colt cabana uh to continue to uh grow in favor of with the fans as the nwa national champion oddly enough he started feuding with ricky starks a man who was part of that initial match to crown a new national champion both of those men were actually strange as it is now both of those guys working aew so were some of the other competitors in those matches, like uh, Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. Today's Scorpio Sky's birthday. Happy birthday, Scorpio Sky. All of those guys ended up in AEW. So it's kind of funny how the national title has had a way of either pushing guys to that world title match or pushing them out of the NWA into other pastures, whether it be Impact or AEW. Which brings us to Aaron Stevens, because Aaron Stevens is the man that took the belt off of Colt Boom Boom Cabana with Ricky Starks in a triple threat match to become the NWA national champion. Now his success was short-lived because of a worldwide global pandemic. That same pandemic pause that put impact, excuse me, not impact. Wow. It put the NWA on hiatus for well over a year. Also prevented the world, the, excuse me, the NWA national champion from defending the title. Fast forward to September 
excuse me, fast forward to October when he would start working for Primetime Live, Aaron Stevens would defend his NWA National Championship against Trevor Murdoch. And uh, Trevor Murdoch would walk away as your new NWA National Champion. Now, Murdoch, for him, this was his first NWA title. Now, he had won the WLW Heavyweight Champion. That had a loose relationship with the NWA on and off throughout the years. But this was the first time that he had held, and he being Trevor Murdoch, an NWA title. I mean, there were rumors back in the day that had Lance Cade not signed with the WWE for a second time that he and Trevor Murdoch probably would have won the NWA Tag Team Championship, but that never came to any kind of fruition. It it never panned out, if you will. And Trevor Murdoch, for his credit, wasn't even given an opportunity to defend that national title during the pandemic. He had one title match back in January for Southwest Entertainment, excuse me, Southwestern, Southwest Wrestling Entertainment, SWE Fury, where he defeated another former NWA uh, champion in his own right, Jeremy Wyatt. Uh, Jeremy Wyatt was an NWA Mid-South champion that uh, Trevor Murdoch defeated him relatively easy. And then his first big defense in the NWA, his first time to defend the national championship was against Chris Adonis at Back for the Attack. And we were all excited to see Trevor Murdoch have a long run with that NWA National Championship. But that in and of itself wasn't in the cards. Because after he won the match and defeated Chris Adonis in a clean victory, Adonis attacked him post-match. So his celebration was very short-lived. And Trevor Murdoch was on the IL, if you will. He wasn't able to be appear uh, at the first episode the first new episode of NWA Power because uh, he was not cleared to wrestle. He would show up on the second episode of NWA Power to question the integrity of the world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, from working with working with somebody, teaming with somebody like Chris Adonis who could do such a treacherous act. Now, make no mistake about it, Nick Aldis isn't a babyface. He might cut those promos and he might get you hooked in on these matches, but there's nothing about Nick Aldis that screams baby face. He's a heel. He does heel things. One of which is celebrating when somebody gets their ass handed to him. And after Trevor Murdoch called out Nick Aldis, it set up an opportunity for Chris Adonis to attack, to attack our national champion, Trevor Murdoch. In fact, it put him on the, it put him, out again however prior to this sneak attack trevor murdoch declared that he wanted to have a no disqualification match with chris adonis and if he had to put the title on the line to get it he would do it now this was poor planning on the part of trevor murdoch and this might come as one of those deals where he had more heart than he had brains because trevor murdoch came out in a neck brace and was just absolutely humiliated by Chris Adonis. Will there be a come up for Chris Adonis? I'm pretty sure there will be. But I, I think if you're if you're a fan of Trevor Murdoch, if you're a fan of the NWA National Championship, and as we've been talking about it here for a few minutes, it's got to be disappointing to see the title change hands this way. Again, it is the most volatile championship in all of the NWA. It, that belt has changed more hands has been changed around more hands than 
than any other title in the NWA. Keep in mind, since power started, that the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship hasn't changed hands at all. The television title has gone from Ricky Starks to Zicky Dice, Zicky Dice to the Pope. The Women's Championship went from Serena Deep to Thunder Rosa, excuse me, <laughs> Allison Kay to Thunder Rosa, and now is around the waist of Serena Deep. The tag titles went from the Wild Card to the Rock and Roll Express to James Storm and Eli Drake, and now with, of course, Kratos and Aaron Stevens. And that national title has been, again, just since its invention has been on just about uh, six people, right? Five guys, six actual champions. Now, one thing about the NWA national titles, there's two jump points. And I mean, you could probably make the argument for more than two, but there are two very distinct jump points for the NWA national championship as it goes with the history of the NWA. Now, the older one, the 1980s, when Austin Idol was presented with the championship initially, the title was the main championship belt of Georgia Championship Wrestling. Gosh, that's a lot of championships, isn't it? Because when the NWA was a territory system, things were a little bit different. In 1948, when they crowned the first NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, and then uh, shortly after that, they would introduce the first World Junior Heavyweight Champion, most of the other title uh, distinctions were just based on whatever the promotion wanted. So that's why you have like a a World Tag Team Champions in Los Angeles, as well as the World uh, Tag Team Champions in San Francisco, as well as the World Tag Team Champions in in Georgia Championship Wrestling. They were all allowed to use the same names. And that kind of created some confusion over the years. You know, back then there wasn't an internet. In the 1980s, uh, people weren't really keeping track of the names of championship belts because it was just one area, one title. I don't believe they thought back then that we would uh, be recognizing one set of champions and this big uh, conglomeration of wrestling promotions. You know, WWF, WWE at that point hadn't even began global expansion. The pay-per-views were still just something that was on the horizon. Um, So things have drastically changed since then, obviously. But with the NWA uh, announced its national title, it was it was just the main title of the Georgia Championship Wrestling promotion. So when Austin Idol had it, or later when Jack Briscoe won it in a tournament, uh, defeating Terry Funk, um, that title represented Georgia. It didn't represent the entire nation. It was just the Georgia National Championship. And again, if, if LA decided to make their own version of the LA National Championship, they would have been within their, their means to do so. And that title would go on guys like the Mongolian Stomper and Steve-O, and Tommy Rich, and the title would continue to be on guys like Ron Bass or Buzz Sawyer, Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff, the Super Destroyer. And, and around this time is when the NWA in Georgia uh, would eventually uh, be bought out by Jim Crockett Promotions. So that national title that was, you know, um, featured in Atlanta would be, soon be featured all over the areas that the NWA was working. 
So this national title that started off as just a singular promotion championship now became a touring title. Uh, Larry Zabisco would would take that title to Huntington, West Virginia, and 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 uh, Brett Wayne would defend it in Atlanta, Georgia. But Ted DiBiase, you know, won the title in Cleveland, Ohio, and and the spoiler would win it in West Virginia, and and the title would continue to grow and be defended more and more places. Ronnie Garvin would win the title in Maryland. You know, Buddy Landell would win it in Horseman Country, Greensboro, North Carolina. You know, and, and I mean, Wahoo McDaniel won the title in Los Angeles. Chief Wahoo McDaniel, thank you very much. And Nikita Koloff would take the belt off of him. And again, that title, the title would basically be sealed in 1986. And when we talk about the history of the championship... You know that would that would be it. Then it would be unified. Um, you know, Nikita Koloff would take the NWA United States Championship, and it would be unified with uh, Wahoo McDaniel's uh, uh, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling's uh, National Championship. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. So once the title was unified, that was it. That was in the the, the history was sealed. Until 1997. Because again, the NWA, you know, a lot of people, again, kind of are under the assumption, even still to this day, that Jim Crockett Promotions was, in fact, the National Wrestling Alliance. And when they uh, were sold to Ted Turner and eventually pulled out of the NWA, that the NWA became WCW. But that really isn't the case. And I've tried to state that multiple times on this podcast and really any podcast I'm on. Jim Crockett Promotions was the biggest member of the NWA, period, followed by New Japan Pro Wrestling. And around 1992, 1993, a lot of promotions were uh, struggling with the global expansion of the WWE and and the rise of, uh, you know, satellite and cable, and, and they just couldn't keep up. So a promotion like Portland Championship Wrestling, who actually predated Jim Crockett promotions in the NWA, I mean, they were gone. So when 1997 came, the NWA was certainly looking to re uh, redesign its identity. And when the NWA was re, you know, I, I keep saying relaunched, but it was never really relaunched, right? There was this time in 1994, Shane Douglas throws the belt down. Horrible. Chris Candido wins the title. Wonderful. Uh, Dan the Beast Severn wins the title in 1995 after winning a couple of uh, big MMA fights with the UFC, capturing the UFC 5 championship as well as the Ultimate Ultimate Championship, making him one of the most recognizable UFC fighters and the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Now, this was great for the NWA because now, more than ever, people wanted back in the NWA. And it wasn't long before even the World Wrestling Entertainment was back in business with the NWA. But in 1997, the NWA was desperate for a membership. Knowing full well that their World's Heavyweight Champion wasn't always available, they created the North American title, which was uh, actually really more of a byproduct from the Music City Wrestling era and the uh, connection it had with uh, um, 
Burt Prentice's uh, wrestling promotions. They brought in the uh, NWA North American title. I mean, they also kind of tried to play it off as having ties to uh, Jim Crockett Jr.'s NWA Dallas, but that really wasn't the case either. And then they brought in the national title in 97. Now, the national title, similar to its cousin from the 1980s, uh, started off as a, a singular promotion title. Like it was the national title was was a, a Dennis Corluzo invention, but that title would soon travel and it would end up in uh, you know all over the NWA under under guys like Salvatore Sincere. Do you guys remember him from the WWE? Sal Sincere, Doug Gilbert, Stevie Richards, and then now this title is bouncing around from from different territories. And the thing about it is. With the World's Heavyweight Championship being the premier title, the North American title was intended to always be the number one contender to the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship in this modern era, in the pro wrestling organization era. Dr. Robert Stinson's from This Is Pro Wrestling podcast will always liken this era to the wilderness era. So if we're going to use his vernacular, the wilderness era... Uh, had the North American Championship as the number one contender for the World's Heavyweight Championship. And the national champion was the number two contender, always. And if you go and look at the PWIs from this era in the early 2000s, and and as it would evolve, um, those were always the number one and number two contenders for the 10 pounds of gold. That title would go from... uh, New Jersey to Tennessee to to North Richland Hills, Texas. Now, if you, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know, North Richland Hills was NWA Southwest Territory. Cherry Hill was Dennis Corluzzo's, like I said, uh, North Richland Hills, NWA Southwest, Ken Taylor. Uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Dennis Corluzzo. Um, you know, and then the title would be, end up in Memphis, Tennessee, whether that would be with uh, Burt Prentice and... Uh, and uh, Bill Barron's um, NWA uh, Smoky Mountain, no, excuse me, not, not Smoky Mountain, Music City Wrestling or the uh, wrestling network that they had. I, I can't remember the name of that promotion, but that would eventually evolve to become NWA Wildside. So that title was traveling quite a bit, you know, and it was under the under names like Kevin Northcutt or uh, Hot Stuff Hernandez or Ricky Murdoch. And the title would became became very significant, and that would be called one of the bod controlled titles. And the bod controlled titles were titles that were managed by the board of directors. So a, a champion wouldn't be crowned unless it was uh, a unanimous decision made by um, the board of directors. And I say unanimous, but it's probably more of like a you know the majority majority would have it. So we know a guy like Kevin Northcutt or Hot Stuff Hernandez had that belt. It's because the board of directors had to vote on it. And the same thing for the tag titles. That when the tag titles were introduced in 1995, that was the first time that the NWA collectively recognized one set of tag team championships. And eventually, uh, the North American title, like I said, the national title, the world's heavyweight title, the world's junior heavyweight title, and the women's championship were all part of this board of directors, uh, directed titles. So when you see guys whose name like Big Billy Douglas, Big Bully Douglas, excuse me, or Corey Williams or Spider, um, just know that those guys were voted on. And when you had Chance Profit win the title, or, or Crusher Hansen win the title, right? These guys all came from somewhere. You know, Pepper Parks, when he won the title, 
that's Pepper Parks became Brandon Sutter, who came Blade, who's now wrestling for All Elite Wrestling. These guys, you know, they didn't happen in a void. Brandon K or Phil Shatter, who now wrestles for the WWE as a, I think his name is, a, oh gosh, what's his name? Jackson Riker. Yeah, Jackson Riker. I think that's it. So again, all of these guys came from somewhere. And the NWA had to vote on these matches. So when you see a guy like Chance Prophet, who at the time back in that uh, in that wilderness era was very significant, holding that national title was always a threat to Adam Pierce and the 10 pounds of gold. Or Cahagas. Cahagas is one of the few guys that actually held all three of the major singles titles. He was the he was the national champion. He defeated uh, Chance Prophet to win that. He was uh, a North American champion. Don't remember who he beat for that. I can't think off the top of my head. But he was also the last recognized national champion by the NWA prior to uh, the Lightning One era. And he was also briefly world champion. He held the title uh, after the whole debacle with the seven levels of hate. And Chance, uh, excuse me, uh, Tokyo Monster Cahagas was the first one to win the title after that and then consequently would lose it to Rob Conway before Rob Conway would take the belt to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And of course, you know, Vordell Walker, Damian Wayne, Lou Marconi, you know, Phil Munahan, Jax Dane is another man who uh, was able to hold all three of the major championships. In fact, he held the tag titles as well. And for a brief time, unified the North American title with the national title in his uh, efforts to be recognized as the number one contender to Hiroshi Tenzin's 10 pounds of gold. And with that title holding so much history for the National Wrestling Alliance, you know, not only back in the 80s with Jim Crockett promotions, but also in that wilderness era of the NWA that carried through Not only the pro wrestling organization, but the international wrestling uh, company, which was that those are the two distinctions between the Bob Trobich era and the and the Bruce Tharp era. Those that national title had so much history and significance and you can see why it's so important today. But at the end of the day, you have to tip your hat to a man who is now recognized as the NWA national champion. Kudos. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.